I met the criteria to be selected. But I wasn't. Evening all, welcome back to another episode of Met the Criteria. Uh, we are happy to say that all three hosting team members have survived the trade deadline. None of us have been shipped off to any of the other podcasts around the UK uh, community, but Jared here taking the lead this week. And uh, we did have some very tempting offers on the table for Vincent, but didn't quite get through the uh, front office there. So we're glad to have you still with us, mate. How are you doing? Uh, I'm the... Um... I'm trying to think of a player that stayed in one franchise for you. Ah, you know what? I'm the Damian Lillard of this podcast, okay? I'm loyal to the pod. I ain't one of those who's going to jump ship for building a super team. Look, I'm going to I'm gonna build where my core is right now. So I, I, I'm just happy. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Let's see. And also here on the podcast, unfortunately, we only had one fellow podcast very interested in taking Theo off our hands I'm sure everyone can guess who that is but because there was no other competitive offers we just hung on to him Theo good good to still have you with us I guess I must be like the Kyle Lowry in this sort of situation but um, I mean I'll take that Kyle Lowry is a little bit of a rat maybe I am a little bit of a rat Um, remains to be seen but I'm happy I'm happy to to see out the rest of my career um, here at, uh, at MTC excellent Good stuff. Now, it's obviously been a, a wild week in the NBA um, with the trade deadline coming passing. There's already been some candidates that have gone through the buyout market, which we will get to all that on this episode, sorry. Um, before we get to that, though, we want to cast our minds back to last week when Vincent acted as a modern-day prophet. Incredible stuff. Um, I'm just going to insert a little clip here from what Vincent said last week. Let's throw that on. He seems like as a you've mentioned, he come from being a pro baller already. He, I think he, he it would be disrespectful to Lamelo to lose it. If Lamelo, the only way I can see Lamelo losing it is if he gets injured now and something goes wrong. He doesn't play for another twenty games or ten games. So yeah, Vinny, uh, what do you have to say for yourself? You have uh, injured the pre- presumptive rookie of the year by your words. How does it feel? Bad juju. I'm like Nostradamus, okay? I see the future. I see the future. It's all written. In my, it's all there. I can see it. No, that was crazy. That, that was absolutely crazy. How, like, the thing is, we I literally said it, that episode, then a couple of hours later, it was announced that he's injured. Now, I don't know the severity of it. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Is it for the rest of the season or no? Most likely. I believe, oh my! I believe the latest is he's going to be reevaluated in four weeks, which is why oh I picked my. him up in fantasy because he, he might just make the last couple of weeks. That, that's know. horrible. That is that's a horrible way for it to happen for them. It's so unfortunate for um, Lamelo. He's having a great. He's had a great season for the Hornets so far, and it's really, really quite unfortunate. Did not see it coming. Maybe they overplayed well, him a little bit too apparently much. Did. Apparently, you did. Apparently, yeah. Well, probably I did see it, but maybe they overplayed him a little bit too much. But no, he was coming off the bench. It's one of those freak accidents sometimes where it happens, and it's very unfortunate. Uh, I bet Anthony Edwards sat there probably kind of thinking, you know, <laughs> I might get the rookie of the year now if I start balling like I am. And Anthony Edwards has been balling. Like he's been playing like a madman. So he's been absolutely fantastic to watch as well. So, you know what? He could get it now. He could potentially get Rookie of the Year. He doesn't deserve it compared to Lamelo, but that's the same. No, no, okay, that's harsh. Not to say he doesn't deserve it, but the way he started the season wasn't the best, but maybe how he's closing off the season is better. So I think you touched on it last week, Jared, how Luca and Trey, when they did that, Luca started off very well. Towards the end, Trey hit off. So it could have that kind of situation. Obviously, Lucas still got it. Now, maybe people could still, people who vote for the situation for Rookie of the Year, they could still go, no, Lamelo, what he did for the first couple of months when he was at the season, he's deserving of it. So we don't know what's going to happen, but it's very, very unfortunate and sad. Yeah, it's it's tough to see. It's it's a real shame for for the, the Hornets uh, having such a good season to see the Lamelo ball go down. But Theo, do you think there's a chance that Anthony Edwards can can make his case, catch him up? 
I think that he's definitely got a chance. The last month or so, Anthony Edwards has been playing some superb basketball. We, we touched on it quite quite in, in length last week. He was my highlight of the week last week and, and in, included a lot of the month as well. Uh, it's, he's definitely definitely got an opportunity to make his case. If he continues performing at the level that he is, particularly if the, the Timberwolves can start winning some games, it's, it's going to... He's going to be in with a great shout, I reckon. Um, obviously, not to write off any of the other promising rookies. Halliburton's probably the the, the one other player who you'd expect to be in and around this uh, this conversation now. It's a chance to make a name for himself, as it were, in the, in the rookie of the year race. But yeah, I think I think Anthony Edwards will sense this is his chance, and he'll he'll want to live up to that number one pick, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully he gets a chance. I don't know if either of you saw the clip in his post-game interview where he just got completely cut off mid-flow. Did you see that? Really harsh. One of the uh, um, broadcast team for the Timberwolves, he was doing the post-game interview. Mid-answer, she just cuts him off. All right, thanks very much for your time, Anthony. Thanks a lot. And he's like, oh, okay. Thanks for that, guys. So... Hopefully that. Hopefully he can have he can have opportunity to let his game do the talking because he's certainly not allowed to in his post game conferences. Right, let's get to the big news around the NBA. Capital B, capital I, capital G. It has been a wild NBA trade deadline day, the busiest in NBA history, I believe. Fact check me on that one. Could be wrong. I'm sure I saw that flying around somewhere. Um, but what's he called from Sky Sports? The, whoever the equivalent of Jim Gray is, I suppose it's Woj and Shams, isn't it? Reporting all these deals that are flying through. We've got a lot to get through. Uh, but let's just start with uh, the most surprising move for you on trade deadline day. Uh, what, well, let's kick, kick off with you, Theo. What do you reckon? What was the most, what was the most left field move that you saw go through? I think I'm not surpri- necessarily surprised to see Oladipo end up in Miami. I am surprised what a poor return they managed Houston managed to get out of out of the heat for what is not far removed from it from an all-star player Oladipo is is a is a he's shown it in flashes this season since he's come back from his injury he has definitely got all-star potential he's definitely up there the fact that they essentially got Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk. Avery Bradley, who's had an awful season. I mean, I wouldn't have been opposed to him ending up on the Nets because I do think there's something there. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him bought out by the Rockets because I don't. He, he does not fit in that rebuilding kind of team whatsoever. So that the, the fact that James Harden left Houston and all Houston really have to show for it is Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and question mark picks. picks. <laughs> Yeah, the picks and the pick swaps that, if Brooklyn are successful, will ultimately be worth very little. I think the the, the Rockets have been fleeced, so that for me is definitely my biggest surprise. How li- I mean, I know the the, the front office of uh, in Houston. I'm sorry, Vincent, to, to be going in on your team here. The front mm-hmm. office in right, in sorry. Houston haven't necessarily handled this trade very well, but the almost incompetence in which it's finally drawn to its conclusion that all they've got all they've got are these two players one of them okay fit Theo, okay please okay stop okay yeah i'll stop please, i'll stop it's please. just crazy that's my my biggest surprise um can i just say something Jump in. yeah the floor um, is yours okay yes okay both of you you are right okay Theo, you are so right what you were saying we've become a joke team okay simple i, I i'm not going i'm not even shy to say it anymore we've become fundamentally the worst team in the league I personally now think we are truly the worst team in the entire league. I know we won against the Timberwolves last night. I don't care. We're still terrible. Um, we are in a massive rebuild right now. And, I, and I'm thinking the front office are just thinking longevity now. They're thinking about the future. They now know there's not even a, a chance in any way possible for them to get the playoffs right now. It, it's near impossible. There is no point they're just going to tank the season for the rest of the season and just focus on that. And when you look at it, we have dismantled the entire team, basically. We've got rid of every single important key player that was for us last year. You're talking your Russell Westbrook, your James Harden, your PJ Tuckers. Um, I'm surprised Daniel House is still in the franchise. Obviously, what happened with him and John Wall situations are going on. I'm surprised with that. But the front office, people are looking at us and going, what did you actually get from the trade between James Harden uh, and Russell Westbrook? You lost your two best players and whatever you got in return, just picks. That's all we've got is picks. 
now we're going to dominate the, the the lottery pick for the next couple of years, of course, because of how many picks we've got. You could look at that, but that's not always brilliant because look at the Timberwolves. They've always had the number one pick for the past couple of years. And where they are now, they're still one of the worst teams in the league now, but now we're joining them as one of the worst teams in the league. So it, it was just, it, to get Avery Bradley and Kelly on Linux right now, like, come on, really? Like, how are they going to improve us in any way? I know Avery Bradley, sorry to keep going on, but I know Avery Bradley a couple of years ago, he was a key, not a couple of years ago, last year, he was an important key player for the Lakers. He was vital to them. But for some reason, maybe that long period out, not playing well, he lost his touch. And for some reason, he's not found his, he's not found it at Miami. We can only hope he finds it at the Rock, at Houston. But I don't see it happening. It's no point. It's a, it's a write-off for me. It's a pointless. Pointless. Everything's disgusting with that team. Yeah, I think uh, you compare the what the Rockets have done with the Oklahoma City Thunder, who went through a kind of similar uh, sort of tear-down kind of rebuild situation. Got rid of Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Got a boatload of picks and an exciting young player in SGA. Ended up trading Chris Paul, getting some more picks from that one. They've ended up in a position where they have the young pieces and some very, very good picks to use moving forward. Whereas the Rockets don't really have that young piece. I mean, Christian Wood maybe, and the picks aren't the greatest and Harden's probably the best player that's ever played for either of those two teams. So it's certainly disappointing. I'm sure you're very disappointed, Vincent, which we can understand. And yeah, surprising deal to see uh, Oladipo end up in South Beach, taking his talents to South Beach. Uh, for me, uh, the biggest surprise involves my team. Uh, I'm, 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 ha- I'm a happy boy. I'm still a happy boy. Uh, Nicola Vuzu. He's gushing. You can't, you can't see it, ladies and gentlemen, but he is, he is getting ready to gush. Hold tight. Nikola Vucevic, best player traded on deadline day, which to me means... Look at that smile on his face, Theo. Have we seen that smile? No, let, let him have this. Let, Vincent, Vincent, this is... let, him, let him have it. Yeah. Come on. So to give a bit of context, and obviously I've not supported the Bulls for this entire time, but the Bulls front office has been widely criticised for, for many, many years. Uh, Gar Foreman and John Paxson were the, the old heads who'd been in there for too long all the decisions they made got criticised gave out stupid contracts didn't manage to put a a successful championship team around Derrick Rose it was all just just bad news in the Bulls front office in the off season there was some changes made Arturis Karnaschovas came over from the Denver Nuggets who has had plenty of success drafting players like Nikola Jokic and building a good team around there and Mark Eversley as well forget where he was before The Bulls front office has made their first big move, getting in an all-star centre in Nikola Vucevic. Now, there's been some criticism from um, salty New York Knicks fans that this was a little bit of a a waste of a move. What does it really do for the Bulls? Does it put them into a championship contention level or have they basically just made uh, given up on the future of Wendell Carter Jr. to stamp out? And that's fine, but ultimately, could the Bulls have done anything with the assets that they had to get a player that was going to put them in championship contention this season. Absolutely not. There's no one available, no one around the league who was going to pair up with Zach Levine to put the balls into a championship discussion. We're not going to get Yanis. We're not going to get Kawhi Leonard. We're not going to get LeBron, all these superstar players that you need. So I'm very happy with the move. Certainly wasn't something I was expecting. Vucevic was expected to leave, but it just came out of nowhere that the balls get him for... Uh, Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter's expiring contract and two first-round picks. So certainly a surprise to me. Um, Vincent, what's your opinion on the move? Yeah, I think it's a very good move. Very, very good move. Um, I think Zach Levine's been crying out for a, a good number two, a good number two, a good person who, who, who's a, a good defender. And I think Vuk, oh, wow. Wow, you, I'm guessing you're gonna snap that one up, snip that one for the. We'll future. get to that, Vinny. Don't uh, we? Uh, okay, Nikola Vucevic. Pretty good. Well done. A plus. Yeah. A plus. There you go. Phew. Him, obviously, he could be a good number two for Zach Levine. Even he could be the best player in that team. Like, I'm not okay. I'm, I'm, I might be wrong saying that. Maybe a bit of a bold statement, but he could potentially be the best player in that team because he is a very good player. He is a very, very good big. He's a good three point shooter. Good, a good at the. Uh, at the paint and 
could be a great offensive powerhouse for you guys. And I think he is, with that signing, with that trade, I believe you are potentially going to make the playoffs now with that move. I think it's a very, very good pick for you guys to have picked up. Uh, I don't know what uh, the Magic were thinking about letting him go. Probably thinking rebuild as well. I don't know. I don't even know what they were thinking about letting him go. Their best player and trading their best player. For what? I don't even know what they got in return. But yeah, it's a very good move. And I think it, it, it it's kind of made them a good uh, contention for the playoffs. And not a very, very good contention for the playoffs. So it's a good move for you guys. Again, this is almost like daylight robbery all over again. The, the fact, I mean, no respect to when, no disrespect rather to Wendell Carter Jr. Um, he's a good young player, but he certainly wouldn't expect to see um, the kind of return that they got out of him. Otto Porter's expiring. Otto Porter was largely expected to be bought out, I think, around a lot of places around the league. Um, it doesn't necessarily fit on, on a, a rebuilding magic team so again doesn't really make a lot of sense and obviously the the, two, the, the picks I'm, I'm certain that the magic will be able to utilize those but doesn't necessarily seem like a fair deal i definitely think the bulls won that one and they have got an absolute peach in uh in in big vooch uh i know that more or less every magic fan in the world will be sad to see him go um the rebuild it's been a long time coming i think in, in orlando they've one of those teams that have never quite been able to get over the hump um Makes a lot of sense to to blow it up now while they still have the assets to maybe build around the young core that they are developing. I mean, let's not forget how promising that Magic team was coming into this season before before Fultz got injured. Um, so they've got the young pieces there to be able to build. Let's just hope they're able to utilize that. They've got Wendell in now. Um, they've got an assortment of picks building. Let's just hope they can do something with it and and re inject themselves into into not championship conversation. That's a long way down the line, but towards more, more dominance. Let's have a dominant period now from, from Orlando in the next next five years or so. Let's see it happen. And it's always, it's always a funny one when a player doesn't actually want to leave as well. Yeah, I was just going like, to say that. Vucevic didn't want to leave Magic. He was happy where he was at Orlando. And it's one of those situations where he's probably gone, fine, if you want to trade me, so be it. And they're thinking... We want your picks. We want you to get his best assets out of you first. But it's, I think sometimes when a player doesn't really want to go, like, is he truly going to be happy at the Bulls? Obviously, he's a professional and he's going to do his job. But it's one of those, will he Will he be at his form? Will he be happy settling in? Be happy not being the main person for the team? Because everyone knows the Chicago Bulls is Zach Levine's team. But are they going to be saying it's now Vucevic's team? Or are they going to have to go, look, you both are one and twos. We both, you're both key players for this franchise. So it's one of those situations. I think it's a tough pack for him to come into the balls as well because we're in a, a bit of a tough patch of the schedule on a on a little road trip, and then I think we're home for one game and then got another five game road trip. So he's going to have a, a job kind of getting himself settled into the team. Um, but yeah, just touching on what you said, Vinny. Obviously, clearly didn't want to move and. You know, you think about the, the business of basketball and then, you know, I'm happy. I get a new player for my team who's an all-star, two-time all-star, good player, 24 and 10, 40% from three and all that. And then you watch his interview and he's like crying that he's had to leave behind all these people that have watched him grow from, you know, a, a 20-year-old kid into what is he now, sort of 30, 29, 30-year-old man. So the, the business of basketball can be tough sometimes. Um Certainly the Magic have had a bit of a fire sale this week. Um, either of you got any comments on the trades involving Evan Fournier, don't Google his second name, and Aaron Gordon? Have you Googled his uh, second name? Uh, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I'm a changed man. I've, I, I, it, it lives with me. It lives with me, I think, every every waking What are you on now. about? What's, the, what's his name? Don't do it, Vincent. Don't do it, Vincent. Right, no, don't do, do, do it. Do it live on air. You can't just you can't just do this to me. So what's his name? Fournier. And do I got images? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go on images. I was just on web, so I got the definition. Oh my, my days. What is wrong about. with you? Oh my days. What about, is I, that? I got about four swipes down on images. I was what processing is that? them all. I couldn't I couldn't stop myself. Now it's burned into the back of my skull. Oh my days, what is that? What is that? Gangrene. It's a kind of gangrene. Oh my days. 
Why would you oh. not change your name? If you're like Evan Fournier, why are you just getting about life? Just getting about life with a name like Fournier, not wow, changing that his introduction to his just, new franchise as well. <laughs> he obviously didn't I saw want to it for like Orlando. a split second. I saw it for like a split second. I felt so, oh, my days, he looked like a... I don't know, it looks like a childbirth or something. I don't even know. It looked disgusting or something. No childbirth sorry. I've ever seen, Vincent. Shine a light. Oh, my days. I'm sorry, but yeah, wow, that's disgusting. Um, Back to the question. Uh, I think I was surprised. Well, I wasn't surprised. It was a surprising situation. I think, that, like we just said, the, the magic have been on the brink of, of blowing it up for a while, but I don't think anybody expected it to happen at this point in the middle of the season. Um. Aaron Gordon going to, to the Nuggets is a fantastic move, I think, for Denver. He, he's almost like the perfect replacement for Jeremy Grant. He adds, I can't wait to see a Jokic to Gordon alley-oop. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lose my mind. It's going to be brilliant. Um, but yeah, I think he's much more equipped to handle the kind of big men that the Nuggets will encounter in, in the Western Conference. Um, he's much more suited. I mean, Nobody can contain Anthony Davis, but he's, he's he's reasonably well suited to go up against AD um, in a in, in if if they, if they face the Lakers in that matchup. Um, so I think he, he he can handle sort of the assignments that he wouldn't necessarily previously have been able to to contend with. So that's a great great move for the Nuggets. And again, not the not the best return for for the Magic, but at this point, it's it's all about the all about the future for them. So. I'm I'm really just excited to, to see Aaron Gordon go to work in, in Denver. I think it's a great move for Denver Nuggets. I think to have Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. in the, in the court in the same place, these guys could all cause the West some problems. They seriously could cause the West some problems. They did last year and how, adding him into the team is brilliant. We saw what he can do against the Nets. <laughs> if they ever have to come up against the Nets, we've seen what he can do for them. We saw him do a career best a couple of weeks ago. And I think this is a good move for Aaron Gordon. I think he now can can express himself more and he can actually be in a team that can compete more in the playoffs because we know that the Denver Nuggets, what they can do in the playoffs. We just now have that. We just want to see them do now more consistently and yeah, I think it's a brilliant move. It's an absolutely brilliant move. He, he's a two-way player, Aaron Gordon, so should be a good little move for the Nuggets. Well, the moves that did go through before we get to probably the, the biggest move that was a surprise that didn't go through, uh, Norman Powell heading over to the Portland Trailblazers for, uh, what was it, Gary Trent Jr. and someone else. No good idea. Trade. Yeah. What, what do we think about Normie ending up on, on the uh, Trailblazers that? Good trade. I think good trade for them. I think he's a key player for the Raptors. So for him to have moved to that franchise with Dame, um, Jim, oh, Dame, bit of Melo uh, and McCullum, it gives them a bit of like, I don't know, another another person on the team, another person on the court to to rely on. He's he's capable of dropping big number of points. I think what's, what's he averaging? What's he averaging at the moment? I think he's nearly 20 points a game, not far off anyway. 20 points per game. And he got a career high a couple of days ago as well. So he's potentially going to be a good player for them on the offensive end. I think it's a very good trade for them. I think obviously some fans might be a bit upset by getting, uh, trading. My days, I need to do my name, my history of these guys' names. Um, Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent Jr., that's the one. He's been a, it, it was a baller for them as well. But I think Norman Powell is a decent signing for them for the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, it's interesting as well that these two teams do face off against each other tonight. So it's it's not long until they get to uh, go up against their old squads, which I must think almost must be so weird. You were you were playing you were shoulder to shoulder with these guys two days ago and now you've suddenly got to be battling them on the court. But yeah, Theo, what do you reckon? I'm almost like the polar opposite of Vincent and I don't really understand it. It seems like such a lateral trade. The the Trailblazers were, uh, well, they are, uh, I'm not going to use the word horror show, but they're really quite poor defensively. Gary Trent Jr. is probably one of the best defenders. Norman Powell isn't a very good defender. I don't really understand it. The Trailblazers don't really need scoring. I mean, you've got to look at McCullum and, and Lillard and Nurkic coming back. I just don't necessarily get it. Um, again, for the Raptors, I don't think Norman Powell wanted to leave. Um, I'm sure he, I saw that he said he he was happy in, in Toronto. He wanted to carry on in Toronto. Um, and and Van Fleet did an emotional Instagram, didn't he, about how he'd, I'd miss him and he'd be absolutely gutted that he was going to go. So again, it, 
pickles my head a little bit this one but I suppose time will tell as to whether or not it was it was work it's going to work out but for me it just seems like the most like sideways trade in the history of trades fair enough well let's let's get to the big one really the big one that didn't even happen uh, involving all again the Toronto Raptors all the talk leading up to the deadline day where is Kyle Lowry going is he going to Philly is he going to Miami is he going to the Clippers is he staying in Toronto? What's, is there another team that's going to come out of left field and steal probably the most prized asset available going towards the deadline? And we were on the edge of our seat all day, right up to that deadline, and nothing happened. What a disappointment. What are your thoughts, Theo? Did the Raptors, the let, that's a bit too broad. Let me narrow it down. Did the Raptors make the right decision? Who knows at this point? If Kyle Lowry re-signs. It's tough. It's tough because Kyle Lowry is he's getting on a little bit. The Raptors are sort of in the, they're in a terrible, the like no man's land at the minute where they are. The, the way the East is, is set up at the moment, there's so many teams battling for that like six to 10 position. The, the play-ins, play-ins places now. The Raptors, they're falling in and out of it. They're struggling to get any sort of consistency going with Lowry in the frame. They either lose him for nothing if he doesn't re-sign and then they've got really got nothing to show for it they're, they're not necessarily an attractive free agent destination so how is that going to work out for them but at the same time Kyle Lowry's been a great servant for them in Toronto and it'll be nice to see him get to finish off his season and it'll get a proper send-off I know there was a big deal made about how he wouldn't really get a send-off in in um although I suppose he's still not going to get a send-off in, in Toronto, is he? Because they're not going to play in, in Toronto again this season. So ignore that, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't... It, it could go one or two ways. If he does stay on and play for another year, I don't know whether he said anything with regards to what his intentions will be. But it's not the end of the world for him. But I think this was an opportunity for them to really push towards having some sort of either asset to replace or even pick going forward to be able to build and develop because they probably are going to have to have like a mini rebuild before they're able to push in and and get themselves back into contention for a sit maybe it's for a playoff place rather than a play in place if you know what I mean yeah yeah I think I would be very surprised if Kyle, Kyle Lowry re-signed in Toronto this year just because of the sort of timeline that he's on as you said he's he's getting up there in age he's he's 35 he's been taking those charges in north of the border in Canada for a long time now um does he really want to continue in such a crucial role or does he want to get himself onto a team where he's got a bit more chance of a ring um and let the likes of Van Vliet and Siakam and Ananobi develop on their own so I would be surprised to see him re-sign in Toronto which to me indicates that maybe the Raptors Drop the ball a little bit on this one. Lowry's value is, is very high. Could they have got something promising from the Philadelphia 76ers, a package around, you know, Tyrese Maxey or Matisse Thibault, something like that? Who knows? Maybe that's just the neutral in me wanting a bit more parity um, in the Eastern Conference. Who knows? But Vinny's been screwing up his face pretty much the entire time I've been talking. So I'm interested as to why. What, what's what's the what's the face no, for I'm Vinny? Not, no, I'm not like mad at you, either of your guys' opinions. I'm just thinking, like Kyle Lowry, you say he's a, in massive demand. I don't really think he's in that much demand. The thing is, he's the most in demand because of availability. That's all. Like he's not like he's absolutely key. He's not an all star anymore. He's 35 years old. But I put this to you, if. If Kyle Lowry ended up on the 76ers, do you not think that, and they didn't have to give up, obviously they wouldn't have to give up Simmons, Harrison and B. do you not think that vaults them to a similar level to the Brooklyn Nets? Personally, no. I don't think it, it vaults them to a chance to, look, to get to the Nets, no. <laughs> look, that's me personally. I might be completely wrong, but don't get me wrong, I love Kyle Lowry. I think he's, he's incredibly clutch, he's a great player, but I don't think he's got where he used to be anymore. He's still a good player, and I feel like me personally, he will resign because he knows personally there's not much he can else he can do. He can see the league how it is. If you look at the, how competitive the league is, the amount of good point guards there are at the moment, to beat them, you have to join an incredibly good team. And I know what you're meaning, but I, I know what you mean. You think he put him in the 76s. That's the team that's going to get him a championship. I personally don't see that. I really don't. I think you need, you need to be a hell of a point guard now to be in that, competi- that, that conversation. And I feel like 
Kyle Lowry, 35 years old. He's won a championship with Toronto. He's been in that team for a long time. The fans love him. He is happy there. Why would he want to leave? His family are there. He's settled. He's 35. He's no longer got it in him anymore to be an all-star anymore because I, I can't see Kyle Lowry getting an all-star again. Correct me. If, do you guys see it happening? No, clearly not. Not really. Is he? He's not going to get all-star again. So that's why I'm trying to say, like, the Toronto Raptors think it's himself. Look, just stay, mate. We're happy how you are. You can be our player that we can get like, into the playoffs. Because the, the Raptors might still have an opportunity to get into the playoffs this year. So he can be that and he can still be a floor general. But I feel like the Clippers... The Clippers could say they've won. They they got Rondo. That's a good play. That's a good signing. If they get playoff Rondo, that's a very good signing for them. That's a good good little business they could sort it out. But Kyle Lowry, I don't, don't think of him as a high in demand that loads of teams want him in that kind of context. I think he's a good player and he'll be an asset to a team. But I don't think he's the next step that's going to take them above the Lakers in the West or the Nets in the East. I don't see that happening to for the Philadelphia 76ers to have him and then they they up the Nets. Like, I, I, the Nets are a joke right now, so... I appreciate your kind words, Vincent, about the Brooklyn Nets. Um, as a Nets fan, as a Nets fan, I was I was quite desperate, really, for, for Lowry to end up on the 76ers because I want, I want the path for the Nets to the finals to be as difficult as possible. I feel like this Nets team has got a lot to prove, so the more heads they can topple on the way to a, a championship ring, I think the better... Um, obviously, if he if he lose, that'll massively backfire in my face. But I think I think Lowry would have would have added a, a nice grittiness to the 76ers. It would have been it would have been the ideal signing. It wouldn't necessarily have, have put them on a par or or, or anything and maybe that that far. But it would have given them another steely defender capable of defending either Harden or or any of the big three, I guess. Really, but please. Don't think that I'm trying to slate Kyle Lowry and say he's a bad oh, player. Oh, I'll, I'll slate Kyle Lowry for you, mate. You know how I feel about Kyle Lowry. <laughs> he's a little rat. Um, but yeah, no, it was a, it's, a, it's a shame that he's not gone to one of the big teams. I think between the 76ers would have would have killed for him. And I think that the Clippers probably could have done with him as well. I know you said you mentioned they got they got Rondo instead. I reckon Rondo's not been great this year. Um and he's struggled a little bit with injury. So I think Kyle Lowry would have been ideal for either of those two teams. As a Nets fan, part of me is glad, as I say, because, well, part, part of me is sad, I should say, because we, we that challenge is lessened a little bit in the 76ers. Don't get me wrong, George Hill is a good player, but he's not defensively. He doesn't increase the the challenge for Brooklyn, I don't think, in a 76ers matchup. But at the same time, part of me is glad deep down because if the Nets don't win, then I'll never live it down. So I need that road to the finals really to be as easy as possible and completely disregard what I just said about it. Can I ask something here? Can we just have a little side uh, agreement? If the Nets don't win the championship this year, you have to wear a Houston Rockets top. All right, Vincent, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do if that. If the Nets don't win the championship if the Nets, this year. If the Nets don't win it this year, I will go straight to hoopingandlooting.com and I will purchase the cheapest Houston Rockets jersey yeah. I will find. And I will wear it. Slide dig there, Theo. Are you trying to say our jerseys are cheap? No, 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 not at all. I'm just saying that Elliot Wade's prices are very reasonable. Oh, yeah, of course. They are. Heaping, heaping a looting, gentlemen. There you go. Thank you. So there's some of the moves and the non-moves that took place on deadline day. As we mentioned at the, the top of the segment, it was the busiest one going. Uh, not able to get into every single transaction that was processed, but certainly... Lou will! Yeah, uh, what's it? What's his name? What's Lemon Sweet. Pepper Lou. Le- Lemon Pepper Lou. Yeah, heading back to his hometown of, of Atlanta. Um, certainly Great another one. Another Great one in movie. there, which is uh, which is funny. Um, but yeah, shout out to some of the other podcasts around the UK community. Um, Hardwood Hoops, Courtside Fakar, um, done some deep dives into some of these moves. So uh, go and check them out. And any moves that you want us to talk about, we'll do our best to talk about them another time. But probably not. No promises. Let's get to the games that have been taking place over the last week or so. As always, we like to pick out some of our favourite bits and bobs from the last week. Um, I'm going to kick off uh, on the highs. Um, My highlight is the performance of the Charlotte Hornets without their rookie superstar in the making um, over this last week or so. They've had a very, very good week. Um, looking at the stand-ins, they have managed to take hold of the fourth seed thanks to uh, some of the other teams around them stumbling a little bit. Um, they are currently on a 
One, two, three, three game win streak. And at time of recording on Sunday evening are right down to the wire against the Phoenix Suns in a game that's going to overtime. So I think it's a, been a really good performance after a disappointing injury to one of their leading players. Uh, they've not let that stop them. Uh, Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges and the rest of the, the team there in Charlotte have been doing a good job to keep the Hornets ticking over. Uh, they're up to 23 and 21 now. And yeah, they're looking like a, a team that you don't really want to face in a first round series, particularly in that four or five matchup. So yeah, my highlight of the week, the Charlotte Hornets. It's a good shout. Um, shout out to the Charlotte Hornets. We'll be, we'll be speak, featuring them quite in depth in one of our segments coming up. Big up the Hornets. Um, we, I think they've, they've, they've done well. They've, they've, I thought they were overachieving for a long while. They, they looked to be overachieving, but they are the, without Lamelo now, they're establishing themselves as, as the real deal. If they can secure a, a playoff place, the fifth or sixth seed, I think you just said it'd be a bit of a nightmare matchup, especially if Lamelo Ball can make it back in time for the for the playoffs. I mean, losing him for the season would be a huge blow, but regardless, it seems as though they're capable of, of taking care of business without him. So shout out to them. They've, they've played well. They're continuing to play well. Hopefully they will continue to play well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Malik Monk um, has had a bit of a renaissance in in recent times. Uh, 32 points off the bench against the uh, Miami Heat the other day in just 25 minutes and 45 seconds. So pretty impressive scoring performance from him. Um, So they've got a a perfect sort of six-man candidate there who's who's keeping them going. So yeah, good week from the Hornets. Um, Not always a team that are in the, 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 the media spotlight, but not like that here on MTC. Uh, Vinny, what have you got this week for your highlight of the week? Zion! Zion! That's right. Jared's favourite player. Uh, we all know how much Zion is Jared's favourite player. He always talks about him all the time. But yeah, Zion Williams, man, has been a pleasure to watch. I'm always like picking individual players. I need to start choosing franchises the team but Zion's actually been a really highlight from a good highlight for the week he's just been balling he's balling that guy absolutely balling I think the lowest points he's dropped this week was 26 I was at 26 but other than that dropped 30 38 39 the guy is balling he's an absolute powerhouse he's box office um He's been a key player. He's that franchise player for that team. Could you say that? Yeah, you could say that. I'm going to say Brandon Ingram, oh, yeah. but no. Would you say Brandon Ingram? No, no, I'm saying okay. it's, it's Zion's team now. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's Zion's team. Don't get me wrong. Brandon Ingram's a great player. And Lonzo Ball has been decent as well. Obviously, he had kind of trade rumors that he was going to be going to the Clippers. Didn't seem that was going to be happening either. But Zion, man, is just box office. The guy is is a baller. He's a baller. Obviously, I want to see him change his game a little bit. Like, obviously, he is such a dominant powerhouse in the paint. I'd love to see him do a little bit more mid-range shots or three-point shots. It's not he can't do it. I'm just saying I just want to see a bit more of that. Look at Yanis. He's improved in that kind of thing because people used to say Yanis just dunks on people. But Yanis has now become a more better three-point shooter, mid-range shot. I just want to see Zion do that as well. But he's been a pleasure to watch, man. The guy is a baller, absolute baller. And... He was a he well deserved to be an all star this year. Obviously, he, he technically wasn't um, starting lineup, but he was a replacement for someone. But worth worthwhile to watch if you if you feel like just to see great dogs, watch Zion. I think Zion is almost like the, the second coming of Shaquille O'Neal. I think isn't he? He's very very similar kind of player, very um, just dominant, just so strong. When they're coming down low, there's nothing you can do to stop them. You just have to hope the referee gives you the charge, like or you get get out of the way and let him dunk because he's just so so dominant. And dominant really is the only word you can use to describe him. I think. However, whatever other faults there are in his game, and which of which there are, I mean, he's not not necessarily a perfect player by all means, but he is. Box office is a good way to describe him because he's just puts on that spectacular show. I mean, the, the way he can throw down the ball, you mentioned about him being a franchise player. I think that once the arenas reopen, play, people will be paying money to see Zion. Exactly. As brilliant as Brandon Ingram is, and he is a superb player, Lonzo Ball really developing nicely. Those, those New Orleans fans will be paying money to see Zion Williamson week in, week out, night in, night out, every day of the week. 
they'll, they'll exactly. be going to see Zion because that guy, he, he puts on a show. And that's uh, as far as highlights go, I guess Zion is the ultimate highlight, isn't it? Just because of the way that he plays the game. I was gonna, uh, he's in the conversation of what being the most dominant player, but no, nah, I was going to say Yanis. Because obviously Zion, I think you can't guard him. You can't guard Zion. There's some players when you look at them, they say you can't guard them. Like the person that pops in my head straight away is Yanis. But he, anyone can be guarded. But I mean, it's difficult to guard players like Yanis, you Zions, and Zion is in that conversation. He, he, is, he is a dominant powerhouse. I think I saw a picture this week um, of how Zion's left or right shoulder was roughly the same size as Dennis Schroeder's head. They were sort of <laughs> Schroeder was trying to sort of like guard him, and they were side by side, and just massive. He's he's such a physical, absolute brute of a man. He's just, there's no, there's no stopping him when he's he's in one of these moods, and yeah. My, I will reserve the rest of my judgments on Zion for another occasion. Slash, you can tell every single time. Anytime we bring up Zion, Jared has to bite his tongue. He's just like, Jared, just express your feelings, okay? If just say what you don't call, like. Call him a rat if you think he's a rat. Just say it. Cause I could, you know, I don't think Jared hates Zion. I just think Jared. You know what? I want Jared to say his viewpoint on it. But he uh, well, actually, Vinny, I'm pretty sure the first time this brought up, you, you were saying to Theo that I didn't want to air my dirty laundry in public, and you were like, "But, but now you're." The one who's twisted twisting me and trying to get me to uh, commit, I do commit apologize. to public. I do apologize. I do apologize, no. brother. I, I, I think it's fair enough. It's probably enough time gone by if anyone cares. Uh, I, I, I question if Zion is a good basketballer in terms of his IQ, in terms of his defensive ability, in terms of actually knowing what he's doing. I think it's very easy to just chuck him the ball. He does a bit of a run up and you can't stop him. And ultimately, does it matter if the guy's going to average? I mean, what's the average in this season? That's does it, does it matter? That's exactly what I was going to say. I just think he's, I think he's a good athlete. I'm not sure he's a good basketballer, which sounds ridiculous because he's averaging like 26 and something. But yeah, anyone that I big think the thing is, that. I think when you look at him, Jared, it's what you like to watch as a bas- as a, yeah, as a I, basketball. I, I would, I pulled my face when Theo said yeah. about paying to watch money. I don't want to. Exactly. Because it's what you want. Want to watch? It's what you want to see. And for you, that's not basketball in your eyes. But you have to appreciate that some of these guards love that because they know all they got to do, chuck him in there, he'll catch it, he'll dunk on them. Guards love that. Guards know if you can't make my life easy, if I pass you the ball and you get a dime, I mean, you get the you get the bucket. I don't care. I don't care how you do it. And that's what I'm saying. Guards love that, and that's why loads of guards, like people like Lonzo Ball, must love playing with Zion because he makes it so easy for them. All he has to do, lob it, bang, done. Look at Chris Paul in Lob City with DeAndre DeAndre Jordan and um, Blake Griffin. That's all he used to do. Lob, dunk, lob, dunk. They absolutely love that. So, Lob City, baby. There we go. Theo, uh, not a your highlight yet. I won't miss you out. What's yours? My highlight is Nets Twitter losing its damn mind over the fact that the Nets have ruined the league. The Nets are ruining the NBA by signing all these veteran free agents. How very dare they, after trading away all their depth for James Harden, then try and replace that depth with available buyout candidates. How very dare they ruin the league of basketball that has been founded over the last decade on the back of super teams, players teaming up to, and, and to go and win rings together. How very dare they manage the front office <laughs> so well that they're able to rebuild from a position where they had no picks and were winning like under 20 games a season consistently. How very dare they get good players and try and win the league. Say it with your chest, brother. All this to beat LeBron. Say it with your chest, brother. How pathetic. The Brooklyn Nets are pathetic. And for that reason, they are... <laughs> no, Twitter's reaction is my highlight of the week. You should, you should, it, we, should, we should screen capture Jared's face right now. I'm, disapp- I'm, di- I'm disappointed because that was actually my disappointment of the week. Everyone, I want to hear, hear it from your standpoint. I want to... From, from, from my standpoint, I'm, I'm effect. And this was why I said pre-record, Theo, that this is a little bit out of character for me because I'm a bit I of a... I might be because I'm new, actually. Yeah. I'm a bit of a Nets hater. Don't, you know, not buying anything James Harden related, unproven in the playoffs yet. But the, without meaning to overreact, the abuse that the Nets and the franchise have got as a whole for getting a washed Blake Griffin and a washed LaMarcus Aldridge 
these players are the issue is the James Harden thing. If you want to kick off at the Nets about destroying parity in the NBA, take it up with the James Harden trade. Uh, somebody said something about LaMarcus Aldridge probably play 10, 15 minutes a game in the playoffs. I would be incredibly surprised if he even gets that. He might have one game that he makes a difference in. He is literally just filling minutes at the end of the bench rotation for the Nets. So it was a disappointment to me that everyone was going mad about it because Aldridge is... <laughs> He's 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 an okay player, but he's not gonna he's not gonna decide the championship for the Nets or not. The big three are so. There you go. Very much so, and I think my my take on it is, as I say, yes, the Nets did give up a, a, a part of the court, a large part of the court to sign James Harden. They were left slightly shorthanded, and they're, they're replenishing the depth. Like literally, no one's making no one's making a fuss about Andre Drummond going to the Lakers. Oh, how much help does LeBron need to beat Kevin Durant? Like, it's not. It's Why is not he going thing. to the Lakers? Yeah, apparently he's, he's, it was just announced before he's gonna. Good he's signing gonna, for them. Good signing. It's it's a it's an all right signing. I think Montrez Harrell is basically does the same job, but we, we remains to be seen. Yeah. Remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, no, it's just it's. I just don't understand. I don't understand the, how the narrative has shifted from. Oh, it'll never work. The Nets gave up too much for Andre for, for James Harden. They've, they've not got enough players. They've got no depth. They've just got three players. That's it. How that's shifted to, oh, the Nets are totally stacked. They've got too many players. They're just four uh, off. Yeah. And the whole issue with the buyout thing is that Kevin Durant's not going to be a buyout player. LeBron James isn't going to be a buyout player. Kawhi Leonard. The best players in the league are not buyout players. There's a reason these te- these players have been given up on by their franchise. Either they weren't happy there with the franchise or the franchise were like, do you know what, actually? You're not worth the contract that we gave you a couple of years ago. We regret doing that. We'd quite like to get you out of the door and get you to another team. If Blake Griffin was that important of a player and LaMarcus Aldridge was that important of a player, their teams would have kept, kept hold of them. You cannot criticise the Nets. You can maybe throw criticise Aldridge and Griffin oh they're just going and ring chasing that's gone on for donkey's years Robert Parrish did it with the Bulls in 1997 Gary Payton Carl Malone how many other players have done that throughout their careers so yeah it was all a bit unnecessary so I think I can understand it being a highlight from your point of view Theo fair enough can you hit wait a minute just 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 take a minute for a second are we actually all back in the nets right now we're actually all of us I say in the Nets are in the in the right right now. We're actually sticking up for the Nets. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Met the criteria and now actually back in the Nets. We're no longer Slayton Theo people. We love the Nets. Come on, you Nets. I won't go that far. Let's quickly move on before I regret what I've just said uh, to the disappointments, the lowlights over the last week or so. Uh, we'll kick off with, I went first last time. So Vinny, you can go first this time. Lowlight of the week. Um, um, I want to just shout out, not a shout out, kind of mad at all the referees in the NBA, okay? I'm just getting sick and tired of this now, okay? It's just a joke now, this flagrance, these texts. Everything now is just getting ridiculous. You do anything these days, tech, 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 all the time. You can't even do anything these days. You dunk on someone, you give them a stare down, it's a tech. You literally bump into someone, it's a flagrant. You scream, it's a flagrant. You throw the ball, it's a flagrant. Did, did, did any of you see that one where... JJ Reddick a couple of weeks ago, yeah. he chucked the ball back at the ref, like passing it back to him. Flagrant, you're out. I'm like, come on, like they really need to, they need to calm down. And this is getting ridiculous now. You can't do anything anymore. Dwight Howard recently had it. Yes, he was being stupid, purposely bumping into Montreal's Harrell. But is that worth an ejection? Is that really worth an ejection? All he did, he's just being like funny. He's just, ah, like give it. All he has to do is like, all the refs need to do is like, calm down, mate. Go back to your seat. Sit down, calm down. Don't even give him a tech. Just calm down, mate. Sit down. But it's like they have to be like, you can't do anything now. You can't do anything. It's flagrant fouls. You get your, your ejections constantly. It's getting ridiculous. It's like a couple of weeks ago. What was that one with Donovan Mitchell as well when he got a, um, a tech, a, top, a double technical? 
got ejected. It's just like, it's just getting constantly ridiculous now. You just come on, you tap someone, it's a tech, you tap someone, it's a flagrant foul. And it's just like, come on, they really need to evaluate it. And it's just becoming a joke now with these referees. They, it's like they want to have that power trip, that like they're important, these referees. It's like they want to feel like they're important to the front to the game. They're, no, you're not. You're, uh, no offence to any referees listening in but you're just there to referee the game mate you're not important to James Capers anyway. we're talking to you no I'm sorry like please I'm not trying to disrespect referees but you're not important all you're doing anyone could do this anyone could just referee a game you put me in the game I'd referee that I'd let if someone bumps into my get up mate just get up and just carry on if it's an absolute flagrant yes if you purposely elbow someone or do a dodgy move on someone fine yes that's a flagrant but if someone bumps into you after, or if someone stares you down, fine, stare them down. Step up to the game. Like, that's comp- that, that shows you that fight. Like, if someone stares you down, you want to make sure you come back at them. I'm going to drop another 50 on you. You, you just want to like, come on, it's getting ridiculous. I couldn't agree more, Vincent. Um, I think a good, a good referee, a good refereeing performance is one where you don't even notice the referees. It's almost like a lot of the referees these days almost like like the limelight. They want to be seen to be making these big decisions. Um, in the in the Nets Pistons game the other night, there were five technical fouls and one flagrant two in 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 one game. Uh, I think the Pistons I think racked up in the midway through the third quarter they had 24, 29 fouls. The Nets had fourteen, and now. It was just excessive. It was the most bitty, stop-starty game of basketball. I mean, we're in a we're in a time now where basketball tickets cost a lot of money to put, to go and see a game of basketball. Now, now you've got to pay for your COVID test. Like there's a, like a handful of tickets are at a premium. People do not want to be paying these hundreds of dollars to go and watch the referee blowing the whistle every two minutes. Exactly. You have two plays back to back, and then before there's a foul, and it's just one one play foul, another play foul. It's just, it doesn't make sense, and I'm fully on board. The referees need to, I think the NBA needs to get a handle of the refereeing situation quickly. Maybe they need a, maybe they need a referees-only meeting. Like players and only like, need referees. To get and it, the thing to get is, it as well, you see players who just, we might not agree with a referee's decision, and they want to say something to the referee. Flagrant, get out. You're like... He's just expressing his opinion on the, the uh, decision you just made. They think they can't do anything wrong. That's another thing sometimes. They think any decision that they made, they can't review it and go, oh, my bad, I shouldn't have called that. Just admit it. Sometimes when a, a player, I get sometimes players like to complain about everything. But if a player comes to you and approaches you and go, look, I don't agree with what you've just done. This is why. Don't just give them a flagrant for that or a tech on that. Just literally, not a tech flagrant, sorry. I mean a tech on that. Yeah, yeah. Just literally just... Go oh, fine. Let me review it. Let me just see. Maybe I did do a mistake. Let me just let me put, hold up for a second. Let me look at the camera. Oh my bad. Just admit that. But it's like they want to say no. Our word is the final word. You don't even try to challenge it. And throughout that whole discussion about referees, none of us brought up this, did we? The old uh, review system, which takes a million years at the end of the games. Like that's another controversial matter with the refs. But maybe that'll be Vincent's or one of our disappointments another week. Uh, Theo, what have you got this week? What's let you down? I was quite disappointed to see JJ Redick traded from the Pelicans. Now, for all intents and purposes, JJ was being bought out. Um, he, he he said said it often. He, he wants to go back and be with his family. His family live, I think, in Long Island or New Jersey, one of the two. He was going to be bought out. He was either going to sign for the Nets or he was going to sign for the Knicks, maybe the 76ers. He wanted to go somewhere on that East Coast, to be near his family. He's, a, he's getting on a little bit in years. He said he wanted a ring. I would have liked him on the Nets. I would have had him on the Nets. We didn't need him. 76ers, they don't need him. But let him go and play for a for a team, win a championship, and be near his family. That's all the man wanted. For all intents and purposes, that's what was going to happen. Now, JJ, we know, deadline day deal was traded to the Mavericks. And the Ma- he'll, he'll do well on the Mavericks. I think it's it will replace some of the shooting that, that they lost in, in Seth Curry. Um, not necessarily the same, same sort of defender. Defendability, I think he's, what, 35, 36 now. But he'll, he'll certainly provide them the firepower that they're, they're sort of lacking at times now. So from a from an NBA standpoint, it's it's a good move. But it's just disappointing to see that there was almost that sort of like gentleman's agreement, this is what's going to happen. And for him to then have to go and play on the other side of the country 
when he thought he was going to be able to go back home near his family. Just leaves a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. The NBA's business at the end of the day, but I just didn't quite care for it, I think. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's fair enough. And I'm sure uh, JJ Reddick's not too happy about it as well. So I'm sure it was a bit of a disappointment for him as well. Uh, my low light this week uh, goes out to the Cleveland Cavaliers and their late game execution in last night's game against the Sacramento Kings. Now, I don't want to take anything away from Harrison Barnes and I think it was De'Aaron Fox who threw the inbound pass. It was a once-in-a-lifetime Hail Mary type of play. Lob it down to the other end of the court. Barnes catches it, fading away. Incredible shot, wins the game. Great win for the Kings, who've had a, had a hot streak recently, um, getting together some wins on their, on their schedule. The disappointment is how Cleveland can let this happen. They just had a... Um, correct, but a favourable call in terms of the goaltending that was called on Rashawn Holmes to take a one-point lead. There is 1.6 seconds left on the clock when the ball is taken out of bounds and Fox is running around. How on earth have Cleveland not got someone down that end of the court pressuring the ball? I just don't understand why you don't just have someone stood in front of Fox, obstructing his line of view, moving wherever he's moving so that he can't see clearly any of his open targets. It gets to Barnes, who is in single coverage. For some reason, this player, there's everyone on the Kings is being guarded. There's no double teaming going on, nothing like that. And he manages to get his shot off. It's just, it's really poor from the Cavaliers. Um, and in plays like this, it's always the team who come off as the benefactors that get the praise. So I'm going to give a little bit of criticism, criticism to the Cavs, who are struggling at the moment, to be fair. So yeah, late game execution, sort it out, Cleveland. Okay, that rounds up our usual highs and lows. Uh, before we get to um, picking out maybe some of the games that are coming up over the next week or so, we've got a special treat for you all, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I'm kind of excited, Jared. You've not even told us about this. Uh, I, <laughs> well, you I'm, did kind of hint it, but you didn't tell us what we're going to be doing. I'm, I'm aware of what's going on. Um, Theo is aware of what's going on. Vinny, I'm afraid you've been left in the dark on this one. Oh, so, here we go. You're going to to embarrass me, aren't you? You, you know what? This is what I deal with all the time, people. I, I just get left out of executive decisions by these two, okay? So be it. Here we go. <laughs> Promise you now, if you keep that on, I quit the fight. Listen, okay? The Memphis Grizzles, the Charlotte Hornets. The Memphis Grizzles versus Hornings. The Memphis Grizzles, the Charlotte Hornings. The Memphis Grizzles versus Listen again. He's vilified. He vilified. 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 Oh, he's took it in great spirits, oh. ladies and gentlemen. I really. <laughs> oh it, was touch and, it was touch and go how we were going to go about this obviously we know English isn't Vincent's first language we, we couldn't help but take a rip, rip out of him a little bit so we've, we've enlisted the help of our resident creative director in the form of Ethan <laughs> to throw this remix together for us we thought how are we going to do it what, we know Vincent likes a laugh but what if, he, what if he's not, oh, not a fan but let's just go for it let's debut it on the pod and he's taking no, it I, lo- I, lo- I love that like video Vilified? 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 <laughs> Believe me, Vinny, as I edit the podcast, there was plenty more content that could have got in there. There may be oh, more of these please. songs in future. So, <laughs> Oh, my days. But, brilliant, yeah. brilliant, boys, brilliant. Shout out to Ethan. We can't, we can't take any of the credit. He put that together there. Absolutely incredible stuff. If anyone wants a copy, let us know. We can get that to you. Oh. <laughs> Let's wrap up with looking at the schedule coming up over the next week or so. Uh, games to watch, games that we're looking forward to. Uh, Theo, kick us off. What are you saying? I'm looking forward to a nice April Fool's treat. Um, the I've picked this one, this matchup before actually. The the Heat are away at the Pacers on Wednesday night, so it'll be it'll be April Fools on our side, but it's it's not quite for them. Um, now the Heat have been hotly tipped, have made massive improvements this off season. Uh, sorry, this trade deadline. They've made some big moves. They've got Ariza in now, uh, Oladipo. We know 
apparently they're the ones to watch. Now, Indiana has given them a bit of a beating these last couple of games. I think they're 2-0 and so far against them this season. So it'll be interesting to see how much of an impact these moves have made. Uh, so I'm, I'll be keenly anticipating the result of this matchup on Wednesday night. Excellent stuff. Vinny, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night's game against the... Uh... Memphis New Orleans, That's the one. New Orleans Pelicans versus the um, Boston Celtics. Okay. I'm just kind of looking like that could be potentially be a good game. Uh, look, the Boston Celtics are hit or miss this season. We don't know what's going to happen with them. Like if they're going to have a good game, if they're going to have a bad game, but they're still a team. I still love the Boston Celtics. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens between them and, and Zion Williams. So, and William, oh my day! I'm guessing you're gonna add this one as well, <laughs> Zion Williamson. <laughs> uh, my uh, game that I'm looking forward to is uh, a week today. It's the Met the Criteria Derby between the two uh, relevant teams on the podcast, the Chicago Bulls and the Brooklyn Nets. Looking forward to that one. Uh, Seven o'clock next Sunday, the fourth of April. So maybe we'll destroy be able- them. They'll destroy them. Maybe that's why, that's why Robin and Jared. Maybe, maybe we'll be able it. to watch that pre-pod and, and uh, have a little discussion. First time facing up this season, so yeah, it'll be good to see how the. Uh... Oh, is this your first time playing each other? Yeah, I've not, mm-hmm. not played the Bulls. Uh, not played the Nets. Yeah, got three games between now and the end of the season, so they've been ducking us. That's what it is. There we go. That wraps up another pod. As we said at the start of the podcast, a wild week in the NBA. Plenty been going on, but MTC is here to talk through it all. But we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us in all the usual places at Met the Criteria. Share the pod. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like, but do it in a constructive way, please. Thank you. And yeah, keep keep enjoying the basketball. Uh, thanks for listening. And it's been Jared. We'll see you uh, see you again. See you anon. Ladies and gentlemen, peace. The Memphis Grizzles. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the boys. <laughs> <laughs>